Hello and welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna, episode four, brought to you by the Sofa Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and this evening I'm joined by two fantastic guests. Firstly, freelance sports informative Chris Davison joins me. Chris, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad yourself, mate. I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Pleasure to have you yeah. on. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Good, good stuff. And we are joined by Sofa Sports panellist Dan DeLuca. Dan, how's it going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Good stuff. Glad to have you both on, of course. The transfer window is almost shut at the time of recording. There's around about 45 minutes remaining and it's been a big day for the Gunners. Let's start with the signing of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, that was confirmed firstly by Borussia Dortmund and then by Arsenal shortly afterwards. Chris, what are your thoughts on, on, on his arrival? Oh, well, um, I, I don't think I need to say too much on that front. I think everyone, all Arsenal fans are very happy with it. Um, fantastic signing. Um, obviously, we, we saw earlier on the month when, when the Wenger said that if, if Alexis was going to go, he said that we'd only replace him with you know world-class players. And I'm very happy that we've got a Bamiang in, you know, as well as Mkhitaryan. Um, you know, you look you look back before before this this transfer window. If you would have asked me if we'd end up with anyone like um, Aubameyang, I would have said you know no chance. Maybe in the summer with that sort of quality. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I think you know, um, I think he'll be absolutely fantastic in the Premier League. Excellent, Chris. As someone who's sort of in the know, um, how long has this deal been on the cards for? Is this something that's been in the pipeline for quite some time, or, or was you surprised when when the? Yeah, I mean, um, when Sven Tat obviously came in from um, Dortmund, he passed on quite a few names um, to the board to Wenger himself, and um, Aubameyang was one of the standout names, if you like. And um, yeah, it all started a couple of months ago. Um, you know, like I said, Mr. Tat put Aubameyang's name um, in there, and. You know, the club said, look, you know, if, if a deal can happen, then, you know, it would be absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, obviously, recently we've all seen that Bamiang hasn't, you know, had the um, best of times at Dortmund. That was clear to see. The fans were turning on him. Um, obviously, um, senior people at, at Dortmund as well weren't happy to, you know, um, sort of have him there any longer. Um, so, obviously, the, the club over time um, became increasingly confident that they could get a Bamiang. Um, and you know, like Wenger said before, you know, um, if a player, if a top player becomes available, then they'll they'll do their very best to get them. And I think that's exactly what they've done with um, with Aubameyang. Yeah, I mean, Aubameyang's defended himself a little bit, hasn't he? he his statement, mm -hmm. sort of on social media, I believe, this afternoon was something along the lines of, "I wanted to leave Dortmund in the summer, it didn't quite happen." And I regret sort of the way things ended. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts on the signing of Dan DeLuca from the sort of more oh, signing of Dan DeLuca, the signing of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from a more sort of neutral perspective? Yeah, I, I think if they sign Dan DeLuca, it'd be a, a top <laughs> signing. And I'd have a lot to offer, a lot to offer the forward line or possibly possibly even a little job at centre-half. But um, Aubameyang, yeah, look, it, it, it's it's an exciting signing, isn't it? It's, it's a big name coming to the football club. Um, and and he's and he's a, he's a really good, useful player, and he scores goals in in an exciting side. The German league, you know, it's it, it's it's not in the worst place in the world. It's quite competitive up there in the um, in the top six places outside of Bayern Munich, and um, he's got a good goals record over three years. I think Arsenal have done well to bring him in. They've stolen the march on 
you know, you heard the sort of clubs he was linked with in the summer, um, where we ju- we're just saying he, you know, he wanted out in the summer. The the the, the clubs who rim from then linked with him, you know, we're talking about Real Madrid, um, clubs of that nature. So to steal a march when he comes available is is a great bit of business, and I think Arsenal fans are right to be excited about about him coming into the club for sure as an isolated signing. I don't think anyone can have any complaints. Yeah. Okay. Fair play. Um, as part of the triangle of transfers that paved the way for this deal to happen, Olivier Giroud joined London rivals Chelsea. Chris, were you sad to see him go? Uh, yeah, I was. I, I must admit, I was very disappointed to see um, Olivier leave. You know, he's, he's been a great servant to us when he, you know, since he arrived, and he scored some very important goals. Um, very passionate player. Um, like I said, he's been loyal before. You know, obviously he could have left in the summer, but he said no. Um, I'll fight for my place in the team, um, and he, you know he did do that for us. Obviously, um, obviously he found it difficult with Lacazette um, uh, arriving, um, and you know at the end of the day he's, he's had to make a, make a tough decision. You know, he, um, I think he's, he's thinking about his, his World World Cup um, involvement as well. Obviously, um, that's coming up, so he'll want to be playing um, as much as, as, as he can. Um, what, what a signing for Chelsea! I mean, with the fee we're being talked about around twenty million. That's an absolute bargain. I mean, people can say, "What well, he's thirty-one, then he's thirty-two," um, but you know, he scores important goals. You know, he's got big, pre- um, big presence, and you know, the, imp- the opponent's box. You know, he's a real, he's a real danger man. But yeah, disappointed to see him go. I mean, I guess the arrival of Aubameyang today softened the blow a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think most Arsenal fans are a little bit disappointed to see him go to um, a big London rival, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Dan, what will uh, Olivier Giroud offer to Chelsea? It, is it a bad miss for Arsenal? We'll, we'll be kicking ourselves. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's a really bad miss um, for Arsenal. Um, and it, it's, it's a shame that it's, it's almost a triangle that, that's forced this situation. And you have to wonder if, like, if the business started earlier, there might have been another solution that didn't involve um, Arsenal losing Olivier Giroud. Um, I'm sure you're going to ask us later on about the transfer window as a whole. So I'll hold off on my opinions on that. But <laughs> I think I, you find we're talking about a player who's leaving to get first team minutes and to, to try and force his way into the French World Cup squad. And when you talk about that, you, 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 you're kind of thinking of a player who's gone down down the league or, or gone to a slightly smaller club, like, I don't know, he's not going to get picked for England probably, but Walcott going to Everton, that's the sort of move that I associate with a player needing minutes um, to try and force his way on, 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 onto a, you know, on, onto a World Cup aeroplane. And obviously he scored a couple of goals tonight, hasn't he? So, you know, six months worth of form, suddenly he forces his way in. You associate with a step down. Giroud, it's the weirdest transfer ever because he's, he's almost gone from, Last season, arguably, was his best season in an Arsenal shirt, even though he didn't play minutes. The impact he had for the club was brilliant. Then he struggled to get game time, even from the bench, um, of any note. And then suddenly, he, he's almost forced out of the club as a make-weight. And then he's joined a Champions League club in Chelsea, still the champions of England, currently, for a little bit longer. Um, and, and a team who will reinvest in the summer and challenge for titles again. So, it's almost, in a way, it's a step up for him. It's, it's a really weird transfer triangle. Um, but I think Arsenal have made a mistake, a, a big mistake. And I'm sure we'll come on to that in a minute. And allowing him to leave. Just before we move on, guys, um, Chris, I wanted to get your thoughts on on Alex Lacazette. You know, he's come under quite a bit of criticism of late. Maybe uh-huh. it's not been fair. Um, but in your opinion, has Aubameyang come into play ahead of Lacazette or with him? 
tough one, you know. I mean, we, all, all, we before Lacazette arrived, we all, I think um, most Arsenal fans were really excited about him potentially coming, and obviously, eventually, he did. He did. Um, you know, we know he's a clinical finisher. Um, we showed that at Leon. Um, uh, a number of clubs were after him, um, and I think you know we done quite well to sign him in the end. Um, <sighs> Aubameyang's a player ahead of him. It's a tough one to say. I mean, I would personally love to see them play together. I think it would be absolutely lethal with them two up front. There's all Mkhitaryan behind. Um, it's a tough one to, 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 um, to call, really. I mean, hopefully that might maybe boost Lacazette in a, in a positive way. You know, maybe they'll see Aubameyang come in and say, look, you know, I need to get my game together. I need to start scoring more goals and, um, you know, show that show that, Benga that I, I am really capable of it. Um, but I wouldn't say, you know, Lacazette's got too much to prove. We know he's a clinical finisher. Hopefully the arrival of Aubameyang will, will sort of um, boost Lacazette in a positive way and get him, and get him back on form. Yeah. Um- Dan, a player staying put is is Mesut Ozil. Um, it looks as though he's agreed to sign a contract extension at the club and will be earning a reported three hundred and fifty grand a week. Um, in your view, is he worth it? No, no, he's he's not worth it. However, you've got to look. So I, I don't support Arsenal. All right, so it's easy for me to say he's not worth it sitting here. Um, I'm judging. A player over over four years. Yeah, he's got lots of ability. Yeah, now Sanchez has gone. He, he's the best player at the football club, so he needs to become the highest earner. Um, you talk about the money involved. It, it seems an extortionate amount. It, it's one of those things with Urzu I'll be looking out for. You know, his first three seasons, some isolated good performances in there. The FA Cup final against Aston Villa springs to mind where he ran the show. Flashes of ability and long periods of frustration. And he seems to have been playing well for the last four months, almost like, almost at the point the contract negotiations were going stale, where Arsenal were saying to him, do you know what, we're not paying what you want. The performances haven't warranted that. And it's almost spurred him on. So what I want to see from Ozil now, as a footballer, once he's signed this deal, is to carry those level of performances through. That's, that, that's, that's what Arsenal fans are going to want to see. And he needs to repay the faith in the football club. Um, another way of looking at it as a positive, I guess, is... The, the money pays for itself in the sense that one of the benefits of the transfer window for Arsenal is, is they've got rid of quite a bit of dead wood, if you like, um, or this season. I don't know it was the last transfer window, but Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain went, some, some money came in for him. That, that's, that's two years' worth of wages there. Um, Coquelin's gone. He was, he was on the peripheries. That, you know, that's a couple of years' worth of wages there. So that, that money's not necessarily being reinvested. We believe there's money in the kitty anyway. So I think... I think if you look at it as if you're you're buying Ozil for another four seasons, if that's what it is, three seasons. I think yes, so. Yes, you're you're buying him for another three seasons, and the money's been generated through player sales. So, in that respect, does it really matter what he's getting? Pro- probably not. I suppose you, as a statement, Arsenal with Sanchez going now, they had to keep him at the football club, and and, and that was that was the price he demanded. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true what you said, though. When you look at the money they've recuperated, if you think about the sale of Theo Walcott, the sale of Francis Coquelin and that of Olivier Giroud, we've almost sort of got Aubameyang for free, if you think about it. Um, there's not really been that much investment from sort of the club's cash reserves again, has there? Chris, um, what what are your thoughts on Mesut Ozil? I know most Arsenal fans are, are over the moon that we've kept him. Do you think he was worth it? Do you think it was worth um, committing ourselves to such a big contract um, to keep him at the club? 
I believe it was worth it. I mean, you look over the years and you look at some of the, the big players that were sold to rivals or to other teams. You know, fans have been getting increasingly unhappy with with that, you know, um, Van Persie to Man United, um, Fabregas to Barcelona, um, same with Henri as well, you know, we've always sort of, you know, as, as soon as a good player comes on to comes to us, you know, has has a really good few seasons and stuff, and you know, we, we were we, we were a bit of a selling club, and I think, you know, we obviously lost Sanchez earlier on in the window, I think it was massively important for the club to keep Ozil, um, I think um, it would have caused um, a lot of frustration, a bit of an uproar, Amongst the fans, if if Ozil was to go, obviously since arriving um, from Real Madrid, you know he's he's been up and down in form and stuff. You know he's come come under quite a bit of criticism, but um, as of late, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, easily been our best player on the pitch. You know, um, I think we've seen quite a, a bit of an increase of work rate on the pitch as well. He seems to be working a lot more and a lot more determined, a lot more focused. And you can see you can see he's happy in London. You can see he, he, he's. He's proud to play for the badge, and um, you know I, that's who, that's the sort of players I want at the club. So, I'm, I'm personally, I think it was really worth getting him tied down on a new contract, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I share the same thoughts. I, I'm really pleased that he signed. I think more so because of the statement it sends out, uh, as rather than just being based on his ability. I think you know that was what the club needed to do they needed to send out that statement to say that you know what we do want to compete we do want to keep our top players and 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 i agree with what dan said to an extent as well because he has had some poor performances over the years and he's been yes. singled out for a lot of criticism in particular in some of the bigger games um but he has really bucked up his ideas and and perhaps like dan said it, it was to do with the contract thing um let's hope it doesn't drop off now but you know, Mesut Ozil is the main man at Arsenal now. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I was going to say. I think, I think there's a bit. He's been the main man at Arsenal for the last two or three months. I think while the saga, the Sanchez saga has been going on, and he seems to have reveled in it. And I think that ties into the work rate that Chris is alluding to. And with with work rate comes better performances. That that's that's a fact in the Premier League. Look, you know, long gone are the days where you can have luxury players in the middle of the park. That that doesn't happen in this country anymore. He does seem to have reveled in it. So. Um, but the bit about the criticism that, that he gets, that, that's not going to go away now. That, that If anything, that's going to intensify because now you're going to get, you know, you get the people like me and I'm very critical of him as a player because I expected more when he arrived um, based on his ability and what he'd done in his career to date. But now you're going to get the type of people who say, he's on 350 grand a week, he should be doing this, he should be doing that. So, so now the 40 million price tag's gone away, that's irrelevant. But, you know, he, he's, he's paid his dues, he, he's he served his time for that. He, he spent the time at the club. Now, now it's about how much his contract is worth. So, you know, to pick him out if he has one bad game every ten, that's going to be harsh. You know, you, you shouldn't be doing stuff like that unless it's a particularly big game and you know he's not contributed. But you know, previously it was you know it was one in two, one in three. So one in ten, he'll get he'll get away with it. Happens. But if there's a lot of bad performances or a bad spell of form, he's going to get that criticism again. And he knows that, and he's going to have to. He's going to have to find a way of playing through it. Yeah, totally agree, um, guys. I don't want to be negative because I feel like too many Arsenal fans are these days. Um, because and and when you look at it, it has been a positive deadline day overall. You know, we've signed Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, Mesut Ozil's committed to the club. But have we missed the trick by failing to strengthen defensively, Chris? What are your thoughts on that? Um, personally, I think. Um... We 
have. I think um, it was very important that we we get we got um, another defensive player in before the window shut at eleven. You know, we're, all the fans have been screaming out for that. Um, apart from obviously the Aubameyang sign, I think um, we've we've struggled defensively. Um, it's, um, it's since uh, people obviously said since um, Vieira left, we've never really got in a similar player um, in that sort of defensive midfield role. Player that you know breaks up play and um, strong, uh, tough tackler, great energy rate in that midfield. You know, I think when you look at the recent performances of Xhaka, um, and I, I don't like picking out individual players, but you know, I, I haven't been overly impressed by Xhaka, if I'm honest with you. And I think, you know, if you look at um, a player like Jack Wilshere, great defense, um, great um, energy rate and, um, you know, works very hard every game. I think you need another player like that, um, but in a more defensive role in the field. Um, and, you know, obviously you can talk about centre-back as well. Obviously, Koscielny, um, he's getting on a little bit, you know, he's obviously um, had a um, few injury um, struggles as well. I think we definitely need to address that in the summer. Um, obviously there's been talks about Kostas Malalov coming in um, we even tried to sign Johnny Evans today but failed so I think you know it's very clear to see Arsenal do want to strengthen in those areas um, I think maybe it was just um, maybe leaving it a little bit too late in this window um, we've obviously been monitoring quite a few players um, Diallo and the Bundesliga as well um, so I think um, I think maybe one or two big names defensively will come in the summer. Um, I think we could have done maybe with one more addition in this window just to help us get through the remainder of the season. Um, but maybe in the summer, hopefully, there will, there will be a bit of movement on that front. Yeah. No. The only thing for me, Chris, is is when you look at that sort of that comparison between Patrick Vieira and and some of our modern day players, I think it's a bit of a, a difficult comparison to make, and I, and I'll explain why because I feel as though people say you know we're missing a Patrick Vieira, but since Patrick Vieira was in that Arsenal team, I feel like the game's changed an awful lot. Um, you know, in those days, it was common to see a four four two, and you had. Two central midfielders, you know, they weren't defensive midfielders, they weren't attacking midfielders, they were just central midfielders. And these labels we now put on midfield players, you know, we see, we call Mesut Ozil a number 10, we call, uh, you know, someone like Kante a, a, a defensive midfielder. We we seem to label central midfielders a lot more specifically now, and I think it's very difficult to find a player of, of sort of Patrick Vieira's profile, because I don't, I'm not sure there's that many of them around anymore. I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, obviously, the game has changed a lot in regards to positions, etc. I think, um, I think when you, when Kante was at Leicester when they won the league, you know, he was a, a, um, a standout player for them. And one of the reasons he stood out is because of his not only his, his energy um, energy rate, but he he done really well to get the ball back. You know, he sort of box to box. Um, you know, he, 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 was a, he, was, he was a good tackler, a tackler of the ball, um, good leadership as well. You know, he was, he was very good tactically. You know, he knew what he was doing. And, um, you know, I look at, I look at um, Xhaka last night and, um, you know, his defensive awareness, um, especially for, I think it was um, Swansea's equaliser, he was, he was really poor. He, you know, he, he didn't track his man at all. Um, and I think, you know, I you know, I think, we expect a bit more from Xhaka defensively, uh, but I don't think he's 
the right type of player for that. And you know, he's he's good at um, his passing. Obviously, you know, he's um, a good leader as well. Um, creates opportunities. But I think you know, with Wilshire in there, who I, who I would love to obviously see um, start, you know, near enough every game for us on that because I think ever since he's come in, he's been absolutely magnificent. Um, I just I just think we need um, a player in there that that can just add a bit more defensive quality in there. I mean, obviously, you can question centre-backs as well. Um, but, I mean, for me, um, Xhaka, um has been poor in that aspect. I think, you know, um, we just need to concentrate maybe. Um, I mean, you, you say you don't get the um, defensive midfielders or even central midfielders like Vieira now. But there is a lot of players out there that can do a job just like he did. And I think that's what we should be looking at, in my opinion. OK. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts? Have Arsenal missed the trick by failing to strengthen either at the back or in the centre of midfield? Yeah, yeah, they have. And the thing with the January transfer window, there's a lot of Arsenal fans who have been talking about what a great window it's been. Um, I don't share that view um, personally, but... The thing is, the January window, it's almost like it's a top-up. You know, you're topping up what you've done in the summer. Something's missed, a player gets injured, and then Man City aren't happy with being 45 points clear, so they spend another £200 million. That, that's, the, that's the January transfer window. Like, previous, the last few years have been, nothing's happened in the January transfer window. So you look from a defensive point of view, there's Laporta's move to Manchester City for stupid money. You're not going to get him, you're not going to compete with that. And Van Dijk is the only other high-profile defender who's moved, and he he was done. He was a done deal in the summer for Liverpool, and I think it was just um, you know, some haggling and and dotting the eyes and crossing the teeth. So he was only ever going to go there. So if you look at what's available in January, it's difficult for for Arsenal and Arsenal Wenger to find the players we need. I'm going to shelve the Vieira thing for a minute because in Vieira we're talking about one of the greatest midfielders to play in English football in the history of the Premier League era and, and probably decades before as well. So we're talking about replacing him. Well, forget it. Yeah, like you said, the positions don't exist anymore. And we're talking about an absolutely brilliant footballer who could do absolutely everything. And I don't think players like that exist anymore. And if they do, Arsenal are going to struggle to, to come out on top in the market for that sort of player anyway. So what, what Arsenal need to be doing is looking for a hybrid of the two centre mid, defensive centre midfielders they've got. Wilshere's playing a lot deeper than he used at the beginning of his career. And there needs to be someone in there who's just a pure tackler. He doesn't even have to be the best player in the world because you've got enough ability in the attacking positions to make up for that. You just need someone to get the ball, hassle it, win it back, and then just give it to someone who can play football. Yeah. A player, like when you sign him and everyone cries their eyes out because they think he's terrible, but after two months you think actually he's quite useful. Because the problem with Arsenal defensively, Monreal's all right to be fair, but none of the defenders can defend anymore properly. Koscielny was a very good defender in his days, not anymore. Um, the centre-half next to him, whichever one plays, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. I don't think Bellerin can defend either and his pace gets him out of a lot of trouble defensively and most of his best work's going forward. So when you've got that situation, you need to have defensive midfielders who can defend and contribute to the defensive setup, and then you'll get away with it. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen. So in this window, to fix that is very, very, very difficult for Arsenal. So yeah, a trick has been missed, but to blame it on this window 
I think he, I think it's tough. So if I had sixty million to spend, if I was Arsenal, I wouldn't be spending it on on Aubameyang if I could pick anyone. If that was all the money I had, I would find a defensive player to tidy it up. Okay. Uh, but what do you do? The players aren't available. Aubameyang is available. You, you you can't leave him there. So I'm not criticising in that respect. But if you had a choice, you had you had that much money and all the players to choose from, attacking midfielders slash forwards isn't isn't, isn't what Arsenal need. Okay. As well as Aubameyang, we've seen Henrik Mikitarian and Kostandinos Mavrobanos come in, but Alexis Walcott Giroud and now Debushi have all left the club this month. Chris, in your opinion, if if you was to look at it from an outside point of view, as as sort of fair as you can be, are Arsenal in a better position than we were when the window opened? Um another another tough one to answer really. I mean, when you look at um uh, Debucci, um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he, he was a, a very um, funny player when we had him here, you know, it didn't really work out for him, obviously a few injury problems again, um, and I don't think he sort of lived up to his, his full potential in all honesty. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not overly disappointed to see him go, he was taking up um, quite a bit of the wage um, as well, so obviously we've, we've um, got a bit more money on that front now. Um, it does, I mean, a little bit concerned of, obviously, um, Bellerin's the only sort of um, proper right-back now, or right-wing-back, if you like. Um, obviously, people have been saying Maitland-Niles could play there as well, um, which is obviously possible. But I would have, I would have liked to have seen that maybe, again, like we've been talking about, I know it's difficult to bring these, these um, sort of players in January, but maybe in the summer we could look at bringing another um, right-back, full-back in, if you like, um, just to give... Um, better in a bit more competition but um, obviously I've already said to very disappointed to see Jerugo I think um, I think he would, he would have still been a very important player to us um, in, you know whether it be in the Europa League and in the, in the cup games also to come off the bench and maybe Premier League games as well and rotate with possibly a Bamiang like I said I think I think he, he will, will miss his presence um, in regards to Theo um Again, as as much as I you know, respect him, you know, you know, again, fantastic servant to the football club. Um, you know, uh, had a lot of time for Arsenal, had a lot of time for the manager and the fans. You know, he's a lovely guy. Um, he he just wasn't getting the playing time again. And um, you know, when he when he did play, I think most fans were being, getting a little bit frustrated with him again because he wasn't overly performing very well. Um, so I mean, obviously. Cochrane's gone as well. Um, again, uh, another player. You know, the, 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 the names were mentioned and weren't overly getting a lot of game time. And Wenger's um, true to his words. You know, especially all four of those players, Wenger got on well with Walcott, Cochrane, Giroud, Dubucci, All got on well with them, and he 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 would and he did want what was best for them, and that was to be playing. And that, they just, they just wasn't getting enough playing time Arsenal. So. I mean, maybe there's one or two we could hopefully replace in the summer now, um, just to add a bit more depth to the squad. But I think we've, um, with a big question mark over Giroud, maybe. I think with the others, I think we've we've done the right thing. Okay. So, Dan, do you think that we're seeing the start of, of, of some sort of revolution at Arsenal? Is this the preparations for life after Wenger? Is it finally starting to happen? What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I do think that. I think it's um, I think it's the start of of the rebuild of Arsenal's next team. I mean, how good that team will be compared to past Arsenal sides. In fact, that's not fair. 
um, recent Arsenal sides rather than past Arsenal sides. How good it will be compared to them, I'm not too sure. How good it will be compared to the competition in the Premier League, you know, it's, it's, the, the challenge, the challenge, the bar has been raised, and obviously it's going to be a tough rebuild. Um, I, my personal view from an outsider looking in, look, it's going to happen sooner or later. Wenger's going to step down, <clears throat> but this window to me seems to be the first signs actually that that's, that's happening, and I'll explain what I mean. So Wenger. You'll know better than me, but he's got his favourites. He's always had his favourites that, for whatever happens, they always seem to be there. And this 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 window, we we've started to see them disappear, like like Theo Walcott. You wonder, you wonder whether Wenger's fully been involved in that decision. Um, you wonder, you wonder whether he, you know, he's clearly reluctant to let go of Giroud. You, he, you know, he said he said as much in in the press conference. I, I just wonder if they, if slowly the power is being shifted around. There's been a lot of new people that, that, that come in at the club in the back room, haven't they? In the last last couple of months. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So are, are they starting to are they starting to impose their views um, on the manager? Um, it, it, it certainly it certainly feels that way. Although by the same token, it's a lazy guess by me because we know he's only got one year left or two. So so I'm not going to win any champion tipster awards by saying I think this might be his last season. Um, but my point is, Oxley Chamberlain is a player he's been he's been pretty loyal to, you know. And, and this year he, he's been shipped out as well. Um, so definitely, if you look at the forward line now, there's a 60 million attacker there in, in Abamyang. There's a 50 million attacker there in Lacazette. These are new players to the club. They're not going anywhere anytime soon, unless unless they flop disastrously. You've got Urza who's signed a new contract. You've got Awobi who's playing more games and, and he's improving. So from an attacking point of view, that's set. So in terms of the rebuild, that's that done. When Wenger came in, he inherited a back four that was fixed and he had to build an attack and then he built a defence again. And, you know, you, it's like when you change your golf clubs. You buy your, you buy your driver and, 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 your, and your woods one year and next year you buy your irons and then you go round again. So I think the rebuild for Arsenal has begun. How successful it's going to be it is difficult and it will, it will depend on the circumstances. But... There's certainly changes in terms of the staff and a lot of Wenger's favourites are, are who I would have expected to stay at the club forever and just flit away, you know, just disappear and disappear. You know, a bit like, you know, the injured players who sat there for years, like Ateta and Riziki, you know, players like that. These don't feel like Wenger South to me. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, Harry. Yeah, I will, to an extent, I agree. I, I feel like um, well, from what I've heard, it was pretty evident that, Ivan Gazidis wanted Wenger out in the summer, um, and and you have to assume that he agreed to him staying on on the condition that he was allowed to begin building, and that, and that means, that, or that meant the recruitment of Sven Mislintat and and Sanlehi, who's going to come over from Barcelona as well. Um, Arsenal's always been against the director of football, um, and he's always been pretty loyal to to Steve Rowley, who was his chief scout right from when he first arrived at the club. Who has supposedly resigned, stepped down, whatever you want to call it. I think he was pushed. Um, but obviously, if someone's worked for the club for so many years, the respectful thing to do is to say he's resigned. I think that's what's happened there. Um, I think they are preparing for, for life after Wenger. I think I don't think we're quite in a place yet where Wenger has zero say in any transfer activity. But I think his, uh, his stronghold is weakening slowly slowly and I, I share the same opinion i think this could be arson's last season chris i don't know what, what you think about that um yeah no i, I sort of agree with you guys i mean um obviously uh, a lot of changes in the background um 
obviously um, sort of big name players coming into the club as well. I think you know, um, I, I, I ideally, I think I, I maybe I don't know if you guys agree. I would have ideally liked just in Wenger um, leave after we last won the FA Cup. I think that would have been the most ideal situation, um, so we could leave on a high. And I think you guys, you were talking about um, obviously Gazidis wanting uh, ideally Wenger to leave. Uh, before this season, I think what it was down to in the end is that um, obviously there was a bit of conflict there, and um, Arsene Wenger pretty much said to the board, "Look, you know, give me this one last chance. I want to do everything I I can to to put, get, you know get this team back at the top. You know, I've done it before. Let me try and do it again, and, and you know, leave on a high." Unfortunately, so far this season, you know, not a lot has changed on that front, and obviously disappointing results and etc. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, guys, saying it, it is looking like it could be Wenger's last season um, here. Obviously, there's been a few whispers about talking to potential candidates to replace him, um, with the likes of Angelotti. Um, there's, there's certainly a name the club are um, considering. Um, there's, there's been no, I don't know if you guys remember, there was um, reports earlier on in the season that there had already been an agreement between Angelotti and Arsenal for him to take over in the summer. Yeah, there isn't, there isn't actually an agreement yet, but you know there is. There's a few names that Arsenal are considering. Um, so you know, there, it's no secret that they're planning with like, you know, for life without Wenger. Um, but I, yeah, like you guys said, I think it could be an interesting um, summer um, in regards to Wenger's future, and I think you know, obviously, the outcome of the season could could obviously have a, a, an impact in that. Of course, only time will tell, guys. Um, that brings us to the end of episode four. I want to say a huge thank you to my guests this week. First of all, Chris, thank you for joining us. And do you want to tell us how people can follow you and and, and keep in touch and a little bit about um, what you do? Yeah, well, just obviously, um, I'm on Twitter at C11 Davidson, uh, Chris Davidson. Just give me a follow on there if you're not already. I'm always active on Twitter, uh, just obviously keeping all the Arsenal fans up to date on everything. Um, do sort of daily live broadcasts as well. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the transfer window, what is the time now, is um, going to end in about eight minutes' time. So, um, obviously, we tried to get Evans today, um, but we, we failed in that, um, unfortunately. Um, there is a few whispers that we could actually offer Alex Song a contract. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Wow. There is obviously there's talk. Um, obviously he's back training at London Colney to keep up his fitness. Obviously he's been released by Ruben Kazan. Um, yeah. But there is a few whispers that we could offer him a contract. How do you guys feel about that? Well, if he's if he's fit and able, then I don't see why not. I think. I actually think he turned into quite a, a decent player before he left. And, you know, I was very critical of him in the beginning. But I thought by the time he left, he had improved a great deal. And, and he is the type of player that we're missing. Whether I think he's a long-term answer or whether I think he's good enough to play at the top level week in, week out is a completely different thing. But I think he can offer something that we don't have and we perhaps lost when, when Francis Coquelin left. DeLuca? Um, I wouldn't advise it. Um, yeah, contradict what I just said about Wenger's favourites as well. Um, but, you know, I'd liken it to Flamini going back to the club. It didn't, it didn't really work out, um, to be honest. If you get released from Ruben Kazan, you, you're, not fit for the, you're, you're not fit for the Premier League. Um, it's as simple as that for me. I think it'd be a, it'd be a, bad, it'd be a bad move. If he, if he played one good game on, he, on, his, on his second debut, 
and then you know he disappear into the peripheries again. And I think it's a backward step that Arsenal should avoid. Hey, you may you may you may as well sign up at Bowie as well while you're at it. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's looking for he's looking for a home as well. Like I said, I mean. Like I said, it's just um, a few whispers at the room of rumours. I wouldn't read too much into it. Obviously, it's just what's coming out of the club today. I'm, I'm not even sure if that's just because, obviously, this picture of Alex Song and an Arsenal uh, training top that colony came about. We'll have to see. I mean, I just, obviously, like you mentioned about Flaminia a minute ago, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Wenger actually offering Song a contract. We know what, what Wenger's like on next players, you know, if they're fit and training back with the team and you think they could add a little bit more um, depth in the squad, who, who knows? We'll have to see on that one. Yeah. Interesting. Dan, do you want to give us your uh, Twitter handle and how people can get in touch with you? Yeah, so it's uh, it's DDL underscore SSN. Um, I'm regular panellist on the Sofa Sports News podcast. I've lost a few followers as well, so I must have um, put in some bad performances on the pod. But if you want to, <laughs> if you want, if you want to make my numbers back up to a respectable level, then um, you can find me there. I don't think it's that, Dan. I just just don't think you're very likable on Twitter, to be honest. I think everyone's blocked me. That's what it is. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening via iTunes or YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're listening via SoundCloud, give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. And until next time, Alvida Zane. <laughs>